moving forward. That's us. Good to go. Okay, thanks everybody again for joining us here at the Vichy PE podcast. Today we're joined by former Team GB gymnast and Scottish gymnast Dan Purvis. Hello, Dan. Hi, yeah. You're right. Thank Hi, you. Hey. Thank you John. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, as ever, we're joined by Mr. McHugh. That's number 25 this week. Number 25. Excellent. Number 25, so we're, we're flying. Yeah. And also joined by a uh, National 5 and S4 people, Jade McCletchy. Hello, Jade. Hi. Hi, how are you? Not too bad. Excellent. Um, so, Dan, I'm going to start us off today and I'm going to ask you the first question just about your school career. Um, so, how did you find your school career and did you stay on until uh, 16 or did you stay on ahead of that? Yeah, so school, it does feel a long time ago now. I'm uh, 10 and 30 next month, so looking back at my school years, uh, <laughs> it's quite a scary thought. But yeah, school, it was, um, it was a bit of a challenge in the sense that I was training from about year five. I know it's a bit different in England and Scotland, but yeah, about year five, so it would have been about uh, nine and ten. Um, I was doing about nine hours in the week, so I'd finish school in primary school and then I'd go to training. Um, yeah. So for, for a little boy to do that it, and, and little girls, it's quite hard, you know, to, to manage that. But you get used to it. And um, then moving into secondary school, the hours increased. So I was doing about 20, 20 plus hours in the week. So almost a full time job, also balancing school, but. It was great. School was a great escape for me. You know, yeah. in the that it can be quite frustrating almost every evening. You know, sometimes things don't go right. And then to go into school and see your friends and, and have a chat and just distract your head. And I know my mum and dad were school teachers, so education is very important for us. So, yeah. Try to do my best in school and also, you know, try and balance uh, the sport that I love to do. Yeah. Um, did you have a particularly favourite subject in school? Subject. I really enjoyed English. That was good. Yeah. And PE. Lovely. I just loved sports. Loved all that sort of things and and the challenges that come with it. You know, uh, gymnastics. I do love, but just playing footy. You know, being from Liverpool as well. Football is a massive thing. So just, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone is having a kick about in a uh, in the PE session. Was great. Yeah. Gina, I think you've got a creation on kind of balancing school and training, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. So like, how did to balance like your school um like work you get like homework and studying along with like so many hours a week yeah it's a great question um me i'll try and get it done as soon as i got home i had an hour to, to get some food after school and and to do some homework so i normally try to do it there um it, it wasn't easy but it is possible and then the time i got home would be about eight thirty nine. so I'd want to go straight to bed, get ready for school the next day as it was uh, an early start. So just trying to fit it in just before I went, uh, went training. See, yeah. just moving on to the next question, Dan, like, you, you spoke about time at school and then obviously training, but did you have any part-time jobs perhaps going to help you further down the line? Um, I didn't have any part-time job, but looking back on it, I'm, I'm a gymnastic coach now. And um, I certainly could have done some recreational coaching on top of, of training and um, yeah. I think my mindset was certainly concentrate on school and concentrate on gymnastics um, because if, if gymnastics went wrong I really needed you know an education to fall back on certainly um, but yeah I certainly could have got a bit of pocket money doing some coaching on the, on the side and, and got my levels I mean I went 
I was about 25 when I had to get my level one and two coaching qualifications to want to run my own gymnastics business. If I have got there when I was younger, it would have made things, you know, a bit easier in, in the future. But it's all in hindsight. So certainly recommend doing anything like that, and um, especially being yeah. a gymnast, doing any sort of gymnastic coaching and giving back to little ones. I think uh, it's really good and can also help you progress in, in your own career. I think. Yeah. Dean, have you got any part-time jobs? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you need to get, you need to get your part-time job. You pay for round or something like that. <laughs> um, Dan, could you tell us um, how the gymnastics came about? Your, your journey into it? Yeah, so basically I started gymnastics because I was, uh, I was pretty rubbish at football, if I'm honest. Chris uh, Irvin knows what that's like. I'm <laughs> <laughs> being Liverpool. It's a big, uh, it's a really big sport. Football. Everyone was doing it. All my friends were doing football. Um, and my older brother, he's about three years older than me. He was playing for under fourteen Everton. Um, oh, yeah. Everton Football Club. So he was really good. So I wanted to try and be like him as such. Um, but I certainly could not kick a ball. You know, going in the wrong net. I couldn't follow the rules. But I was running around celebrating without scoring, doing cartwheels, things like that, without knowing what exactly gymnastics was. So a PE teacher recommended going to a local gymnastics club uh, to my parents, and then they put me in there, and then that's how I got started, really. And after a year, after probably about half a year in recreational gymnastics, he um, saw some potential and put me into a competitive squad. That's how I got started. Dan, just before we get into the question, obviously in a school, sir, how did the team Scotland? Like, um, yeah, so uh, the team Scotland, it was uh, it was really great how it happened. There's uh, an ex gymnast as well called Daniel Keating, who was at the 2014 Commonwealth Games and still at the 2008 Beijing Olympics. And he trained team Scotland before me, and we got on really well. He trained in Huntington, so near London, so you know, born in England, but he had a Scottish grandparents. So he said how much how great it was going to the training camps in Scotland and traveling the world. And, and at the time, I, um, I was doing some competitions, but I wasn't doing things like Commonwealth Games and, you know, major things like that. So I thought, well, you know, I love going to Scotland. I've got a lot of family from Dundee. Um, my mum was uh, very Scottish, being born in Dundee. And um, that's, that's just where, where I got inspired to do it, really. You know, one of my best friends, like Keaton, was on the team. He was telling me how good it was. And, yeah, it was honestly, looking back at my career, probably certainly one of the greatest decisions I could have made to join Team Scotland as, a, as an early age. I think I was about 14 when I joined. So, yeah, it was a, a great decision to make. Yeah. You, you've spoken there, Dan, about how you've um, achieved medals at kind of Olympic, Commonwealth, World and kind of European Games. What's your professional career been like? It's... Um, it's, it's if I had to describe it, it's been like a roller coaster. Certainly, it's uh, it, it's the greatest thing I could have done. But there's been times where I thought to myself, "Man, uh, this is this is very tough." And um, you know, I've had to describe it. It'd be like a roller coaster. You know, it started out as a high doing gymnastics, um, and then trying to make the squads and getting on the TV squads when I was about eleven. So that was a high. But then also being told that in some some events that you're not good enough and you're not going to make the team, so that's a low. And then injuries and, and all that sort of thing. But uh, as a whole, it's been fantastic. But certainly, it's just made me the person that I am today, you know, um, in the fact that I was I was quite shy when I was younger. Um, and gymnastics gave me something that I felt good about, 
which, yeah. which is great. Like I mentioned before, football was a massive sport, especially in all worldwide, but in Liverpool, the culture is huge. And there wasn't many gymnasts, especially boy gymnasts. So to be able to go into school and do a backflip was, uh, was great. And then they go, oh, there's Danny, the gymnast. Uh, and it would give me, you know, um, respect in myself. And then I could take that and feel, feel really positive about myself. So, yeah, I think it was certainly the greatest thing I could have done. And um, looking back at it, I'd, no matter how tough it's been, I'll, all the sacrifices, I'll certainly do it again. So, really just to give me something that I felt uh, really good about in myself and, and carry it on. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, what would you say is the best part about being involved in gymnastics? Um, great question. I think um, for me, I think the best part is is probably the sociable aspect in the sense that you know you, uh, some of my best friends are still is, is still gymnasts or ex gymnasts, and really, I, I think the sport's amazing. It, it can teach you so many things about yourself because it's a tough sport. Uh, but as a team, as a group, you might be in a group of seven or eight. You're all working together to achieve a certain skill or trying to push each other. Our conditioning, you know, conditioning or doing the splits, you know, it, it can be tough, it can be, can be painful, but everyone goes through that together. Uh, it can really create a strong bond. So I'll certainly see the social aspect and also, like I mentioned before, give me some sort of strong identity. For me, I, uh, I was proud to say I'm a junior and I represent my country. You know, that was great. And when I was younger as well, I think times have changed now, but it used to be a bit of known as a daily sport, the boys would have to wear leotards and, you know, people didn't really quite understand that, but when you could come in and do a backflip or, you know, you could do the most press-ups in class and people take notice of that, I think, uh, yeah, I think it gives you a certain pride and there's not many sports like gymnastics where you can, uh, you can showcase that and, uh, yeah, and, it, and, it, and it, it's very different, so quite a few things, but certainly I would say the social aspect working together and, uh, making strong bonds and friends for, uh, for all the hard experiences in the sport. Dan, did you find that a bit of a challenge? Like you said, previously it's been known as a girlish sport. Did you find that a bit of a challenge going to, to still in Liverpool, which is a predominantly football area? Yeah, I think I did. I mean, a lot of things when I was younger just went straight over my head, to be honest. It was, uh, yeah, I was just being a gymnast and that was it. But I think I remember certainly in, in her primary school, there was a talent show and I remember I came in in, in my leotard and shorts and uh, I remember there was a couple of sniggers and that and I was like, oh, you know, I, I didn't feel bad about myself because then I just did my thing, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to do the splits and the backflips and all that and then, I, and then it was great. But yeah, um, before it, I was quite nervous doing that, you know, wearing that, but after it, you know, mm -hmm. it just amazing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so certainly there was that, but I think as well, again, like I said, before, it was different. It was different in football and things like that. So I think when people realise that and can realise, wow, this guy or other gymnasts could do handstands and stuff, that's cool. And once people started to say that was cool, then I felt a lot more comfortable about, uh, yes, saying I was a gymnast. So. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on a couple of your, your successes there in your career. What would you say is a particular highlight, and perhaps even one of few highlights in Manchester's career? Uh, to be honest, I've been really fortunate. There's just been so many. Um, I think certainly my, my biggest highlight would be London Olympic 2012. That was a uh, that was incredible. That was really a dream come true. But really, it was a dream come true from. Not really. <clears throat> Obviously, I had expectation, but the main thing was to go to the Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. But to come away with a team medal was, yeah. was honestly just unbelievable. And 
it was really down to our team. So, you know, there was five of us in the team. There was Lewis Smith, Sam Olden, Christian Thomas, and Max Whitlock, uh, and myself. And uh, we just went out there and just said, like, qualified. It's the first time Great Britain have ever qualified a team for the, for the team Olympic final. Let's just enjoy it. Um, and as the competition progressed, uh, a lot more nerve-wracking, um, knowing there was a medal on board. But then all of us just having that same mentality throughout the competition and support each other. And then just standing there with five closest friends and teammates, it was a you know, really proud moment. And to be in London as well, I mean, the time was, was unbelievable. Um, and then I had my family there, my, my coaches there. It was uh, really special. So, yeah, something like that, you know, I always got back on it. So happy about it. And it made everything worth it. And then also going on from two years from there was uh, the Glasgow Commonwealth Games, which was such a similar feeling. And uh, of course, in Glasgow, I don't know if you guys managed to go to any of the events, but it was unbelievable. Anyway, I actually I ended up at the weightlifting. I don't know really? if I was having a weight lifting. It was actually. It won the, the, the medals. Like, I went to watch gymnastics. Ah, in the 2014. Really? Oh, wow. I'll probably show you there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it was a And the Hydro Arena. What a fantastic arena that is. And it really did give me the feel of the London Olympics. You know, it was a home game, a lot of expectation, but. People were just happy to watch sport, and I, I really do think the Asians were inspired from seeing these these home games. So, yeah, that was that was another major one, and we got our first team silver medal for for Team Scotland there at the Commonwealth Games. So, very proud of that. And five five other great teammates, Daniel Keaton before that I mentioned Adam Cox, got a teammate Frank Baines, who's from Liverpool as well, but been one of my uh, teammates throughout the years and trained for me, and he joined Team Scotland. Um, yeah, not too far before the Commonwealth Games, and also, yes, I had Liam Davies. He's moved away, but he was a great Scottish gymnast as well. So for us all to do that and stand on the podium together was very reminiscent of London 2012. And then on the yeah on the team final, uh, sorry, the individual parallel bars final, I managed to get my first Commonwealth Games gold medal on the parallel bars and. To listen to the uh, Scottish national anthem, um, I almost welled up to be honest. It was, uh, you know, re really emotional. I've, I've never really felt that before, to be honest. Maybe it's because it was an individual gold medal, and again, with all the kind of not pressure, but kind of expectation going into that, that parallel yeah. box, and everyone being so nice and supportive, it felt like it did everyone proud. So it was nice to, to stand there and, uh, you know, almost like a thank you for uh, everyone's support. and to get uh, Scotland a gold medal was, was fantastic. Is there, is there more or less pressure on a team event rather than an individual event that you can control yourself? Mm. It's, a, it's a strange one really because as much as gymnastics is a team, it does have team events, you almost feel like an individual because you're going up there individually and then coming back down. It's obviously yeah. more that all combined, but certainly I always felt more pressure as a team. You know, if something was to go wrong, yeah, I think everyone else in that kind of feel that way. That you know, it's not so much you letting down, but you've made a mistake, and you know you've got to, the whole team's got to carry that. So yeah, I mean it's never good. When, and trust me, I've had a lot of <laughs> you know bad competitions in in my career that you learn from. But certainly, I think the teams have always been more pressure for me because you know it's the weight of the team and you show it rather than individual. Yeah. They are slightly different pressures, <clears throat> um, but yeah, absolutely, the team's more pressure. 
Oh, you, you touched on obviously some of your highlights there, Dan, but everything in, in life and certainly in sport would come to the point. Is there any particular setbacks you've had in your career that have helped you grow and learn from? Oh, certainly, certainly. Especially starting out in my career. Um, you know, I mentioned that I got into British squad when I was about 10, but to start to get noticed, there was, a, there was about 20 gymnasts in the country that would be selected for the junior squad. Uh, that came out of national final and I certainly you know in the national final maybe got into the top 15 so I certainly had a long way to go and it and it took me a long time to get there um trying to think I remember I got injured I had um severs on my ankle I had to go to the training camp so I had a boot on my ankle um, and that held me back for a while and then I remember I missed a junior selection and they had me as the reserve uh, Europeans, um, so that was hard. That was hard, but you know, I I've been really lucky. I you know my parents have been great. Um, always trying to reinforce that. As long as you try hard, that's the main thing. And my coach is always good at telling me, "Don't worry about the bad things. Let's just try and smash it for the next competition." Um, but yeah, mentally that was hard. And also going to primary school and having all my friends go to parties and things like that. That was difficult when I would, you know, have to go. On a Friday night, for instance, and we'll go to a beach party or something, and I'd have to go and, and train. Um, Where's the beach so, party in Liverpool? It's fine. <laughs> I know it's not like California, they're a bit cold. But I, mean, <laughs> I remember that's where Fran used to go for some reason. Um, so, yeah, that was difficult, but I think everyone, every athlete's got, a, got that decision to make which way you're going to go. Are you going to dedicate yourself? Because it has to be dedicated. You're going to try and make it or you're going to go the other route, which is fine, but it's certainly an individual route. And um, then there was uh, the Rio Olympic selection um, that I was the reserve for in 2016. And, and that was really tough. That took me really quite a while to get over, to be honest, because I felt, personally, I felt like I should have been in that team, but for whatever reason, uh, I wasn't. So um, that was hard. And it took me a while then. And I knew then I wanted to finish on a major. So I aimed for 2018, the Commonwealth Games in Scotland and in Australia. And that really gave me the motivation to, to put the, the guards back on, as you, as you say, and yeah, to, to have something to, to aim for. And I'm really glad that I did that. You know, I could walk away out of my career now with my head held high rather than, you know, not throwing my teddy out the cut after not being selected for real, but, you know, feeling really hard done by and just thinking I'll walk away now. So I'm glad that I stayed on, but there's certainly been a lot of, lot of lows, but a lot of them lows I've, I've managed to turn into a high, which is uh, something I'm proud of. Yeah, Dan, you've, you've spoken a lot about training, um, and we certainly know that Jade spends a lot of time training. Uh, Fourteen hours a week, do you train Jade, is that right? Uh, Eighteen-ish. 18. Um, so we spend a lot of time talking to our higher kids, uh, National Five Advanced Higher Kids, about different types of training. What would your typical kind of week be um, in terms of your training, obviously when you're competing? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, when I was a senior athlete, so when I when I left school after GCSEs, I, uh, I, was, I was doing about six days a week. So it would be on a pretty much Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and sometimes a Thursday. Yeah, so yeah, pretty much every day, to be honest, when I was a senior. Sorry, I'll go back a little bit because I know Jade's in school as well. So if I can relate it like that, Jade, it would be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and a Saturday morning. So it'll be four days a week, and that'll be about three and a half hour sessions. So probably pretty similar to yourself, I imagine. Yeah, exactly yeah. what. <laughs> yeah. So just trying to find those 
those hours in in the week, isn't it? Because there's so much to to get done in the gym. Um, yeah. And then yeah, sorry, when I was a I left school, then yeah, it was six days a week training. So I'll get a Sunday off, and uh, pretty much I'll just base it as a full time job, really. Um, yeah. Luckily, I'm getting lottery funded, so I was able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Was that you spend a lot of time in the gym, or was it? Uh, what kind of things were you doing when you're training? Yeah, to be honest, it was all based in gymnastics, really. So, you know, I'd do an hour of conditioning and stretching, and then it would be on the apparatus. So I would do maybe a 12.30 session to 3.34, and then I'd have yeah. an hour's break, and then I'd do um, maybe six, five or six o'clock to 8.30 or 9, something like that, um, depending if I got the work done. But I certainly had a program where I had to go in. And I'd yeah. normally try and base the first session with three pieces and the second with three pieces because in men's you have six pieces all together and in yeah. women's, as you know, JD have four. So it was just trying to separate them because obviously, yeah, you can do all the hours in a day, but if you're not resting or you're just, you know, going on the apparatus, it's certainly the quality um, as much as the, the quantity as well, yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you actually do with your days off then? I mean, you do all that chain, there's, there's, there's. I don't know if I can be bothered then. <laughs> it was difficult, yeah. I mean, the main thing was uh, was recovery. But again, I, I I love seeing my mates. So, you know, we'd go to cinema, we'll go bowling. We'll do all sorts of things like that. Uh, when I was younger, you know, those sleepovers on a Saturday. So luckily I'd do a Saturday morning and then I'd have the whole rest of the day and a Sunday off. So it worked quite well, really. So you get to the beach. <laughs> Sorry? You get to, get the, to beach. the beach parties. <laughs> get to the beach parties, yeah. <laughs> There's none of them at the moment, sadly. But, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the, the actual training was pretty much Monday to Saturday and then I uh, almost get kind of a full weekend off. But just seeing mates and taking my mind off, it was so important. Probably, you know, similar, Jade, when, you know, you get quite a few mental blocks when you just keep trying to do something. And sometimes you just need that breakaway and, and seeing friends and other perspectives and then having a fresh mindset for the next week. So, yeah. Good job. Jade, you have the next question? Um, how important was nutrition during your training career and how did you, like like you mentioned, only getting like an hour off, how did you balance eating and training like within it? Yeah, no, it's a re really good question again there. Um, I think for me, nutrition really, I started to take more notice of when I, when I was starting to leave school and metabolism was, uh, was not as fast, I guess. And, you know, I, I could have like a can of Coke and a chocolate bar before training when I was younger, you know, and I, I didn't realize that wasn't the fuel that I needed, but you know, I'd have it just thinking, Oh, I need energy. I need something quick after school. And it was already affected. I could do four hours fine. And then it was only when I got older, I realized, man, I'm, I'm feeling a bit sluggish today. I'm slowing down. Okay. I really need to get my nutrition in. And uh, luckily we had a nutritionist in a uh, British gymnastics. So on training camps, there would be set meals for us. So we would have a healthy breakfast, healthy lunch, and then a, a healthy dinner so there's three meals prepared but then at home I had to take owner so that luckily my mum and dad were pretty good chefs so they used to uh, prepare some healthy meals for me um, especially breakfast was really important you know before school I try and have something like Weetabix without the sugar maybe some honey on it instead and uh, maybe I had to change brown bread sorry from white bread to brown bread that was a that was a hard change at first <laughs> certainly beneficial um, Oh, I do love I do love a sausage butty, but I, I had to try and cut all that out, especially the older I got. It was a, a case of um, poached eggs or scrambled eggs on, on brown toast. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because if a gym, gymnastics as well, I, I, when I was doing it full time as a senior athlete, I wanted to be as light as I could, but with energy. 
So going in and a fry up, sitting on your belly doing handstands and stuff, be like, oh, can't do that. So something um, quick and easy, poached eggs, some green tea, and maybe maybe a smoothie, things like that. But the challenging thing was, is when I was going around the world doing um, world championships or or World Cup games. So it would be like the top eight gymnasts in the world to do a, a certain competition, but it would be in four locations. So it would be Germany, Japan, America, and uh, it was normally in Glasgow as well. Um, so the problem with that is when you're in airports and things, how do you get that in? So uh, the nutritionist recommended getting smoothies in, things like that. And um, maybe not eating the plain food, maybe taking, you know, a, a packed lunch or stuff. Maybe you can try and make yeah. one before you get to your flight. Things like that. So these are challenges that I had, but obviously, yeah, nutrition is so important. And I think the way um, education is now, it, it, it's it's so much better to to understand it and to know that you know you need every every one percent counts and yeah. uh, you can get that free free nutrition. It's uh, certainly important. So the older I got, the more I realised how important it was. And yeah, hopefully by the end, near the back end of my career, I was uh, yeah, pretty eating pretty healthily and uh, recovering healthily as well. Right. Uh, my next question is in relation to obviously performing. You speak to a higher kids about managing their emotions. Now you need to deal with the pressure of, of performing in front of large crowds at the, the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games. Did you have any buzzwords or routines that you went through that sort of helped you prior to your performance? Mm. Um, so what's the routine? I mean, I, I, I think every gymnast does, but you can only know it from your personal self. I used to get really nervous. And like really like find it hard to sleep with things, especially when I was a junior. And uh, you know there is quite a lot of pressure if you want to try and get onto the British squad. So you got a national final, and uh, you need to come in the top twenty, and there's fifty other gymnasts. You know things like that. It it was difficult. You know I had great coach, a great coach Jeff Brooks. Um, so he used to tell me like you just need to go for it, just try and you know take everything out your mind as such. But it's only when I got older you can only really kind of develop that yourself. So. Um, I remember I had a couple of bad junior competitions and uh, it was certainly all because of, of the nerves and it was frustrating because the training into it would be really good. So I'll be doing really well and then I go to the competition and it would, you know, won't be as good. Um, so I did have to take a step back and think, well, you know, I could do all this training, but if I'm not mentally strong enough to perform and put my hand up um, under pressure, then, you know, it's going to be for, for nothing really. So for me, I just came up with my own techniques which was before, as I present my routine, take a big deep breath in. And relax and straight away that would calm everything down, calm my body down, mm -hmm. kind of reset and then go for it. Um, also, I think towards the end, sorry, towards the Olympic Games and things like that, when gymnastics getting certainly a lot popular and the Commonwealth Games, coming off social media really helped me. Um, yeah. it, it's amazing to see how much people support you, but this also comes that expectation. Uh, expectation. I remember yeah. the Olympics and stuff, there would be people from, from school I haven't heard from in a while, like messaging me going, oh, I can't wait to see you on TV and stuff. And it's like, oh, my days. You don't look for tickets, Dan. No, I'm looking for tickets to any of the events. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happens. Uh, they'll bark up the wrong tree there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so coming on social media before big championships like that, that helped me. And just yeah. trying to stay in my own bubble, keep it as small as possible. Mm -hmm. And try and, um, you know, some of my best routines are in training. Like a, like a lot of gymnasts, so I'm trying to keep a similar bubble. And uh, yeah, it's not all obviously there's pressure, but not, I didn't try and put too much pressure on myself. You know, I always tried to have that mentality of easy going, give up my best and, uh, and see what happens. I think the worst thing you can do is, is put more added pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I used to think to myself, okay, go into this competition, if I mess up, it's just going to be a learning curve, and then we'll move on. 
Um, it's, it's not a life and death situation, that type of thing. But again, the breathing was, was very important. And uh, when I've looked into it as well, I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of things to breathing that can really calm you down under, under high pressure situations. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Ed, I think I've partly yeah. asked a question there, so you, you might want to re-word that. I've got a side question here for you. Um, just speaking earlier on about all the different places you've, you've been to and competed, um, see if you were to pick one, what, where would it be in terms of your favourite? Favourite? Um, to be honest, I can't, like, Glasgow and London were just on equal parts to me. It was yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, everything, like I mentioned before, there's the support, the atmosphere, and you can just feel the buzz of, of any home game. So, yeah. I guess, in them two situations, I would say Japan. I, uh, yeah. I loved going to Japan. It was incredible. And gymnastics over there, is, uh, is geared as one of their top-level sports. So when I went to uh, the 2011 Japanese World Championships, it, it was just amazing. And uh, it, was, it was amazing that, like, that people understood what gymnastics was. So it wasn't like, oh, you were on TV. It was like, oh, you, uh, you perform really well on this apparatus and stuff. So they knew kind of what, what went into it. So that was really special. And uh, also, one of my role models and idols, Koei Ichimura, he's been like, Six-time world champion, two-time Olympic all-round champion. He, um, he, he was uh, born in Japan. And uh, just to train with them, we did training camps in Japan, and just to watch them and how, especially him, how he trains and how he competes was, was really special. and made, really made a lot. Um, putting my senior competitive career together, uh, just watching him and how he trains. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been really lucky, but I think Japan was certainly the one that stood out to me the most. Yeah. Excellent. Um, you know you've got your own coaching company, is that right, Dan? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we started, um, yeah, Dan Perry Gymnastics um, in 2016, the back end of 2016, yep. and it's doing recreational gymnastics, and it's been running now for, yeah, four years. So um, still quite a, a small, small, um, not small level, but smaller capacity that I don't have my own gymnastics centre, so doing it in leisure centres, and I've just moved in to a school as well, so... Yeah, I'd love to build it up one day, but it's been a yeah, it's a really great, really great choice, and, and I've loved it. What's, what's more nerve wracking, you performing or watching your gymnast perform? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, to be honest, I haven't done too much competitive. I do coach competitively, but I haven't had too many uh, gymnasts doing competitive competitions. But I imagine not having the control and my coach Jeff and. Um, my Jeff used to say it all the time, you know, he, he hated just watching, couldn't control anything. Um, but certainly, when I was, if I had to look at it from a, a teammate point of view, it was harder probably watching my teammate on the apparatus than me doing it, <laughs> I think. Because uh, you've got no control. And I think that's just uh, human nature, really. So I imagine, yeah, if I've got, um, in the future, if I've got a high-level gymnast and I'm watching them, I'll probably be more nervous, I imagine. Yeah. And I've just I've just got a, a kind of question that I'd written down earlier. So how hard is it to mentally prepare for something such as the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games that are four years away? Mm. Is it another yeah. some sort of cycles? Yeah, it was a it was a massive change the way I thought about it. Um obviously I like I did my first world championship two thousand and ten and then it was twenty twelve I did the first Olympics and it was the obviously I was so nervous for the world championships and um I learned a lot from it. Um, but then to two years later to go to the Olympics, it was totally a different level. And uh, I, I just thought to myself, you know, this is going to be the same group of gymnasts 
the ones that I've been competing against for the last two years now. Uh, and it was that, of course, but it was all the other sports that were, were in it as well, like the multi-sport games and that Commonwealth Games as well. It, uh, yeah, that, would, that, would, that took a little while to adjust to, seeing athletes off TV, seeing, um, you know, it, the net, seeing everyone gets more involved with it. You know, like I mentioned before, people messaging and social media and stuff like that. Um, so I had to adjust to that level. Also, when you're at a multi-sport event, the food there could be different. So you can literally get whatever you want. In Olympics, there was a McDonald's. And I mean, the first week, there was no one there. The second week, everyone was there after their performances, you know, relaxing. Like, so it's so easy. So you, you do have to have like, quite a strict discipline. Again, staying in your own bubble, understanding what's going to get the best out of your body. Um, so these were all learning curves, but I was still young. I was 21 when I went to 2012. So yeah, luckily gymnastics was in the first week. So I could endure the McDonald's after that. But yeah, it was... <laughs> Going to the Commonwealth Games, next multi-sport event. That was great to have the experience of London. So, yeah, um, it's certainly, yeah, it's, it, was, it was harder. It was harder to, probably more nerve-wracking, like you say, because you only get one chance as well. You know, okay, World Championships, you get one chance, but you could do it the next year. Hopefully, you make the team. At Olympics or Commonwealth Games, you know, it's every four years. And, um, you know, I really feel out there for the, for any athlete now that I've missed out on this year's yeah. game, maybe the, this was, you know, the, the last one that I thought he could afford to do. So, you know, some people give opportunities for, some people not. But, yeah, he, it's a lot more calculated. You know, you really have to think a long game, long term in, in a sport where you, if you're going for those Olympics or Commonwealth Games scenarios. So, yeah, there certainly is a lot more pressure and there's a lot more online for them. So, certainly, I think the more psychological training you can have how to cope under pressure for these situations uh, is is the key is the key to, to achieving achieving top level now yeah. yeah um like you mentioned your coach and how big of a role do you think they played in like your success and how much do you think they helped you yeah for me uh my coach jeff roxy was a uh, massive absolutely massive for me um he really built me up as a as a person I mentioned before that I was quite shy and, you know, I didn't have much confidence. And um, even if I do well in a competition, I, he used to say to me, you know, you would just say it's because everyone else messed up. You know, I never wanted to say it's because I did well. Um, he, he was tough on me, but it was what I needed. And, uh, yeah, he, w- he was tough in the sense that, you know, it, it was military. You had to go through brick walls if you want to be a good gymnast. But he would never let me leave the session feeling down about myself. Um, you know, he, he could be upset at me because I haven't done something well in the session, but he'd always build me up before I left. And that was really important. And um, so that taught, um, taught me how to be tough on myself, but also not to take it home with me, you know. And um, he was great. He always, he always stood by me. And it's so important for a coach, you know. It, it's so difficult for a coach to say that. They have to give up probably even more time um, than we do as athletes. You know, we do our training and go home where, you know, it's a full-time job for them. So they'll have us to coach and then they'll have someone else. And to still make that time, my coach used to come in with me um, when, I was, when I had one day of school off a week. Um, I used to do uh, either a Tuesday or a Thursday. And uh, that was extra for him. So that was voluntary to try and uh, get, get me where I needed to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't thank him enough for everything that, um, that he put me through and he, he got me to achieve. Um, and then also I had a coach, uh, Andre Popov, who's a national coach, and he travelled the world with me. Like um, those World Cups, Cups I mentioned before, 
where you went to different countries if you were qualified top eight in the world. And, and he was great. And he, he was from Russia. So his mentality was a, a little bit different, but um, very much his expertise was amazing. So he had a lot of expertise, knowledge, and that really progressed my senior career. And, and without high-level coaches, and I'm noticing this now as, a, as a, being a coach, it's so important for them to, to get this experience and how to talk to gymnasts and, and how to get the best out of them. And um, I, can't, I can't stress that enough, really. You know, you, you could be high level and experienced, but every athlete's different. Every person's different. And so you need to be able to, to be able to know how to, how to spark them up as such. And my coach, Jeff, especially, was very good at getting me to, uh, to do that. So, yeah. Interesting. Brilliant. Oh, you did. That's still me. Yeah. What advice would you give to any young aspiring gymnasts or the youth of today? Um, <laughs> great question. Um, I think for me, just first of all, just enjoy it. You know, it, it, I, I love gymnastics and there was times where I did want to quit because it was so hard and I used to just think to myself, well, why did I get started in this? Well, it's because I enjoyed it and it made me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. So certainly that, that's the main thing. That's a priority. And you can always look back on that as foundation when things are going hard. Um, also, don't beat yourself up. There's no point doing that. I've seen gymnasts so frustrated that they'll be hitting things in the gym, they'll be taking it home with them and, and ready to let it get to them, but it doesn't help. You know, it is very difficult to say, but once you're out of the gym, I think that's it. You know, you need to refresh. You need to find a distraction. Um, I have my friends. I love my PlayStation, things like that. Um, not thinking over and over about, you know, why, why a, a session's gone wrong. And um, yeah, so having distractions, enjoying what you do, and perseverance is a massive one. Um, and it, it, honestly, like there's been times where I thought, I'm never going to get this skill or I'm never going to beat this gymnast. But with perseverance, you can always do it. And it sounds cheesy, but have a dream. Like, you know, I, I didn't know I wanted to be an Olympian until maybe I was a senior, but I knew I wanted to be one of the best gymnasts ever. I, the way I was shy and not much confidence, I never thought that would be possible. But I guess with determination, a lot of good guidance, it, it's paid off so I would say have a dream as well and, and just go for it don't listen to people that are being negative listen to people that are trying to help you and be positive so yeah those are my three points really trying yeah. to yeah, inspire and, yeah yeah uh, last question Dan if you were to choose any for dinner party guests who would it be and why and if you want to invite them to this beach party that you're having then you're more than welcome <laughs> <laughs> We'll change it for a bit. I might have to change my answers if we're having a beach party. <laughs> uh, so for me, I got a... Uh, you have you? I had to prepare for this one. This is the only question I've prepared for. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so like I mentioned before, there's a gymnast, Koichi Mora. I'd love to have him. Sat down and just uh, pick his brains on how he was able... I know I competed at a high level, but he was that extra level of you know, putting his arm up and he's got to deliver a, a gold winning routine and to, to be Olympic champion. And he did it all world champion so many times. So to pick his brain and just to see what he went through and what he was thinking before them, I'd love to speak to him about. Also, there's a guy, I don't know if you know him, Joe Rogan. Is it Joe Rogan podcast? I've heard, I've heard. Yeah. Hi. This inspired me a little bit because this is a podcast. And uh, he, he's uh, really cool. If you listen to some of his YouTube stuff, he talks about everything. And I really like that. I like that someone can talk about uh, if it's politics, if it's sport, if it's aliens, whatever. <laughs> just, you know, just being free-minded and just getting that, 
just having a talk and that. So it'd be really cool to talk to him. Yep. Uh, and someone either cooked the food. So I thought Gordon Ramsay, he seems to be a pretty mm-hmm. good cook. As long as he's uh, not showing at anyone, I'd have him around. He seems like a laugh. And uh, then Billy Connolly, who's uh, ah, amazing. Scottish yeah. icon. And, uh, I love I love stand-up comedy. And I've loved watching his comedies over the years. So I think it would be hilarious to have a, a dinner party as well. So, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, us five together, that'll be a good, uh, <laughs> a good dinner party. Brilliant. Yeah. I don't know if Jason out, Mr. Irvin. I don't know if Jason got any last ones you want to ask, but I'm good. Oh, okay. Okay, Jason. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us tonight, Dan. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you for all your great questions. And uh, best yeah. of luck to you guys. And best of luck to you, Jade. All the best. Hopefully, yeah. I'll see you at uh, Commonwealth Games or Olympics in the future. <laughs> Anybody watch this, make sure you get across to our uh, Spotify YouTube channel. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Fishy PE. And here's to the next 25, Mr. McHugh. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, guys. Take care. Thank you, guys. Take care. See you later. Bye, guys.